world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Again. For, for all you old people out there, we have yes. Dr. John as a Dr. guest John. on the show today. And it, and it, and it, and it, and yeah, it. Bitches. <laughs> Dr. John Pascarello Jr., who's now a doctor now. Last time he was on the show, he wasn't a doctor, right, Doc? That is correct. He was two feet, he was two feet away. Yep. Going to be discussing some great issues with us today, but uh, first I want to cover a couple of housekeeping things. I got received an alert from Evan Knappen. <clears throat> this is going to be great. If you guys remember Roosevelt Twine from uh, Roselle Park, New Jersey, that was arrested for he had tinted windows and they arrested yep. him yep. for carrying hollow points that were in fact legal and transporting his gun legally. Well, here's the deal. The prosecutor dropped both charges. Excellent. Oh, and he's good. a free man now because uh, there was no case, and he never should have been arrested in the beginning. Do you really think that's what it is? No, it's probably just Evan Knappen. So Knappen believes, rather than his that his client is a victim of the state's complex licensing process, he argues that a restriction on Twine's permit would render it effectively unusable, putting his client in a catch-22 scenario, able to carry at work but unable to transport at home. How do you give him a license to do this and then don't allow him to go to work and then come back from work, Knappen said. The limitation that the state is trying to place on his license makes the license utterly useless. Mm -hmm. Knappen said he feels that the gun laws in New Jersey may, in some respects, be designed to evade governmental accountability. He pointed out how gun permit applications are treated as confidential, preventing outside groups like us uh, from scrutinizing the process. He believes that this is not, in fact, done to ensure confidentiality, but to uh, evade fairness. Well, here's another note, by the way. They, when the police investigated his stop, when they pulled him over, he had clocked out of work 16 minutes earlier. So he was, he was, oh so God. he didn't like, you talk about no unnecessary right. deviations, right. right? He was one block from his house. So the prosecutor's office in the town issued a, an apology, but it wasn't an apology. Like he could still be charged, but we decided in light not to bring up the charges. That's, they're trying to oh, save face, man. okay? Let's face it. This thing, they pulled his kid over, they broke his chops. I mean, the kid's wearing his armored car right. shit. Right. I mean, he had tinted windows. All right, give him a ticket, right. all right? He had bullets that were, in fact, on the state police web- website listed as not hollow point bullets and they charged him for possession of hollow point bullets he had a carry permit he had a sore arm guard card he had all of his credentials everything possible and they still decided to make a case out of him now it went viral he raised fifty eight thousand dollars on the gofundme page i want to thank you all man so he it's should gonna pay. sue the living cr- can gonna, he sue that can oh he, he sue the, town? The, the lawsuit is is being um is being contemplated right now that's not Knappen's wheelhouse by the way yeah. Knappen is to make sure you don't go to jail and uh end up you know with bubba pass go and get 200 uh, yeah man. so uh 
But we all know what this case is, and this is another message to send out to us gun owners out there. Don't get a gun. Don't carry right. a gun. Don't buy a gun. Don't possess a gun. You know, don't, don't try to navigate through the patchwork of laws right. because even legal law-abiding citizens trying to feed their families will end up victims of New Jersey's gun control schemes. Yeah. This is what it's all about. Right. It's all about pushing you into a different direction, and it's bullshit. Okay, it is bullshit. Don't worry, Doc. I didn't forget about you. We're going to get to you. <laughs> Couple of other things. Our range. We issued a statement with this whole media virus that's going on, aka coronavirus and everything. Our our air in this place is seven times cleaner than ambient air. All of our cleaning processes and procedures you can find on the Gun for Hire website. You can find it on all of our social media. Uh, you sh- in this times of media hysteria, you should all be supporting your local businesses that you normally support. The big guys will survive but smaller businesses fortunately not mine but uh some smaller businesses that are financially a little tight restaurants people trying to do things trying to pay their right their employees the right thing they're going to take a big hit for this more people are going to lose their jobs and go bankrupt by far than people that are actually going to die or contract the coronavirus and i'm not a doctor i got two of them surrounding me in this room here but but this is what's happening Now, the other thing is, you see how the media... How come we're the only two wearing masks? You see how the media... <laughs> Can you guys hear me through my... <laughs> respirator? Now, if... Now, did you see the way the media and the politicians are demonizing the coronavirus and the hysteria? Well, for non-gun owners, this is how us gun owners feel 24-7. Yeah, exactly right. All right, we're demonized. We're treat you know, closet gun owners, like I said, we're treated worse than pedophiles mm-hmm. and child rapists, oh, yeah. gun owners, yeah. right? Pedophiles, they let um, out of prison. Correct. Yeah. So here's the deal. I wanted to go to Fairway the other day. I needed carrots and oat milk <laughs> for my shakes, and Good luck with the that. shelves were empty. <laughs> Even the oat milk was gone. I got an oat milk. Did you? Yeah. I left it there though because I couldn't. I couldn't. The lines Deal went down the, the aisles, yeah. oh, a mile long. And I'm thinking, if you need it right now, if you need toilet paper and water and basic necessities that bad, what would happen if guys? What would happen if we had a real yeah right. uh, emergency in this country? Mm-hmm. They people can't handle it. And what's amazing is what people are hoarding right now, which shows is how ill prepared they are and how ignorant they are. <laughs> It's it's why would you I don't I still don't get the toilet paper thing. It's, it's I still funny. think it's a, it's a dry run on uh, uh, for socialism, John. I'm going to let you in in a second. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but see, if we go full socialism in this country, we won't need toilet paper because when you don't have food, you don't poop. Yeah, that's right. That's true. You don't have <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. let's let's face it. Yeah, but when you're you eating know, barn animals, it, yeah. I, I hate to <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news for a lot of people out there, but like 99.9 percent of the drinking water in this country is dr- drinkable. Yeah, you know, right. and, and even for short term, if yep. you're a bottle you water do. bitch and you have to drink bottled water all the time, right. you know, you can get by with tap that thing water on your for, sink. You yeah, know, you can get by with that tap water for a while. Yeah. But the problem is people hoarding. If everybody just bought like a two week supply or had a two or three week supply in their house, we wouldn't have a run on shortages right there now. There were there were two people arrested in my town for stealing toilet paper out of the Shoprite truck. As it was delivering. <laughs> There's gas stations charging $15 for a case of bottled water that was normally four. Go ahead, Doc. You wanted to chime in, please. Yeah, this whole thing with the coronavirus, um, I'm not saying that it's not a problem, but it's nowhere near as bad as the media is making it out to be. I mean... 
And Corona- he's a doctor. Yeah. I, I recently graduated, but still, you know, doctor Two years in a socialist country. Yeah, but the thing is with coronavirus, for those of you that don't know, all, the coronavirus is a cause for the common cold. At some point in your life, I guarantee you, you've had coronavirus at least once in your lifetime, but it wasn't this coronavirus, okay? The way I like to put it is you have the corona, uh, uh, the common cold, which is rhinovirus, and you have the flu, okay? The flu would be like... Put your hand all the way up. Uh, rhinovirus, put your hand all the way down. Coronavirus can fall somewhere in between that. It can either cause cold or it can cause uh, that disease, uh, SARS, that happened a couple years ago with China. So, and a lot of times these people... China's good, not bad. We can't knock China. Our government told us so. Go ahead, continue. Oh, I'm sorry for wrong think. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in all seriousness... It doesn't... It doesn't uh, we just have to ignore the fact that all this comes from China. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Also yeah. to the Black Death, apparently, too. So. <laughs> and hey, believe, look, you know, a couple of things. And I believe the uh, Spanish flu, but I digress. But the thing is, what, a lot, of people are, what a lot of people are actually dying from uh, is actually the secondary infection, usually, from, uh, like staff or something like that that's what's really killing people it's not so much the uh, virus itself the virus is just making you semi-immune compromised and you know most people are walking around with this virus with no symptoms the only people that are really at risk is if you either have some kind of immune compromisation like hiv aids uh you're a transplant patient you're on immunosuppressant drugs uh you're a diabetic patient. uh you're over the like the age of 65 now i know that may scare a lot of you listeners out there but as long as you take care of your diabetes and as long as you know you live a relatively active and healthy lifestyle you lower your chances of getting this disease you know so i'm so, dead in other words it, well I smoke cigars wash your hands well, yeah I'm wash your hands fat just wash your hands guys but uh, what was i gonna say the other thing is when it comes to uh this virus um you know we've only we've had i think th- 4,000 confirmed cases in this country, if I remember correctly. At least that's what the news was saying. <coughs> and I believe we've only had 42 deaths. The uh, best meme I've ever seen is one Anthony sent me, which said, basically, Jeffrey Dahmer ate more people than that. Yeah. Num, num, yeah. num, num. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is uh, there was something going on. Meanwhile, with, uh, you know, again, if you were to, in you know, as of this morning, 785 people in New Jersey have died of the seasonal flu. Mm-hmm. If that was media-bound and it was just, say, COVID-19, there'd probably be martial law set up because of Governor, you know, uh, Horsemouth. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ed would have probably said that. He does, he does kind of look like a used car salesman. He kind of right? does, yeah. You think with all that But, money, yeah, I mean, I remember people were putting stuff on Facebook uh, when Obama was handling the uh, swine flu. I don't know how many people died from swine 18, flu. 18,500. 18,500 in, 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 in the United States. And this was, this was, I believe, nine months to a year after he they realized, oh, this was uh, this is actually becoming pretty bad. Guys. There were, yeah, there were already 14,000 deaths in the U.S. before he acted on it. Yeah. So, and you didn't hear anything about it. It made the highest... It was it during made, March Madness. He was busy. It, and the highest... Of, the New York Times had it on, like, A12. You know? This is a... A B two or B three virus in the New York Times, you know, from a, from a journalistic standpoint. Yep. But again, Donald Trump wasn't president at that point. Nope. So. Yeah, the, the vilification of him in the media is probably the worst. I, I thought Bush was bad when it came to how much they were trying to crucify him, but. Every time I turn on Facebook, every time I turn on YouTube, Trump this, Trump that. It's yeah, like, guys, constant, yeah. we get it. <clears throat> we you hate the guy, but there comes a point where it's like, all right, you know what? 
we're never going to get what we want with this guy as president. Let's just move on and hope for the next you know election. They won't give it up. Of course not. They won't but give it up. But what they fail to realize is the more they um, try to vilify him, the stronger he gets because he doesn't care. He doesn't speak with a politician's filter. He does not care. Which is why both sides are after him. I mean, he. the, the problem is <clears throat> in Washington is the entrenched, the people who are really entrenched in every department, in every department, uh, they're entrenched for years and years and years and years. They've ro- they've risen from rank uh, to rank to rank to rank, and are you not about to Corona to Robert. <sighs> well, get. I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you're right. We're, we're talking about the the, yeah. the the swamp, basically. Yes. The people that have worked in D.C. and other government both, agencies on both sides, forever. Republican I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's not yeah. only just, they're 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 protecting yeah. their own self interest, right? But they're protecting their interest, their wealth, their kids' wealth, and their grandchildren's wealth. That's you know, if you, we both read that book, um, you know, profiles and corruption. Oh it's just, shit! Everybody it, needs it, to read that. Absolutely an eye opener when you look at it. The Cory Booker and and the and the crap that, but the. <clears throat> What's amazing is when you see it firsthand. I mean, you just you you can't get over it. I I was exposed to it. You know, I've told this story a number of times. As as a kid, I was a I, I was a, 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 a just out of medical school. Just you know, and visiting the congressional hospital. You know, you're wide eyed and and then you start to see the the interplay between the people who are there when you have the Senators and the and the, you know the legislators who were there who were treated like gods, and and some guy from Podunk, Iowa, gets elected to Congress. Never been outside the Grange Hall in his entire life. Shows up there and is a line of people there wanting to give him money, and whatever committee they're on is the is the the lobbyists that line up ahead of time, and they and their families get very rich over it. Usually it's their families. If it's Joe Biden, I mean, that guy's a, he's a master at it. And it's just amazing when you, when you see it. Who wants to ever give that up? They don't. By the way, uh, we're now on Spotify. A lot of people, you guys, if you don't know yep. that, we're now on and Spotify. And you can even ask Alexa to play the show uh, for you. You can ask Alexa to play it. And, uh, John, you're going to have the last two segments, so I want to just cover a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shooter's Gauntlet in Monroe Town, PA. Bob is now looking for a dirigible. If anybody has a blimp or a dirigible around the same size as the Hindenburg or bigger. Or he, bigger. Or bigger. But preferably not hydrogen-filled. Yeah, okay. helium would be helium better. would be better. Yeah, but if it's hydrogen, but if it's he'll, hydrogen take it. he'll take it. Yeah, he'll so he could use it once. My uh, question is, where the hell would you get that much hydrogen? <laughs> a couple other, yeah, that's just true. A couple other things. Uh, the city is dead right now, and supporting local businesses. Go mm-hmm. check out Marty's V Burger. Oh yeah, absolutely. you can park right in front. You can park, yeah, right. Okay, and his food is the shit. You got to try his uh, his rendition, the Marty Burger, the V Burger, which is uh, like a Big Mac, but to me it was better. I want to tell you, I did the New Jersey GOP Leadership Summit in Atlantic City last uh, week. I drove down. I was on a grassroots panel. I ended up booking about seven politicians. I have a questionnaire for those politicians. Uh, Rick Mehta is going to be on the show starting next week. Uh, So we're lining them all up. We're going to ask them like seven to ten questions uh, and then hold their feet to the fire in the future. Okay, I think it's going to be a really, really good thing. I met a lot of people there. Because they do lie. There. Yes, I no. I was amazed at how many people uh, actually knew me, 
uh, watch my videos, listen to the show, and follow us. Uh, it's a good feeling. I was the first ever Second Amendment activist invited down to a grassroots panel. I want to hat tip Doug Steinhardt, who's the chairman of the New Jersey GOP, who decided to risk bringing me there and bringing me to light. Uh, we had canned questions from the moderator that came out that we were asked, and then we answered audience questions. Then I stood around later and I answered questions for people, and like I told all the politicians there, us gun people, once an elected official or someone running for office says, I believe in the Second Amendment, but, but that's it. You're done. That's, that's, that term has been co-opted by the left, and we all know it means the exact opposite of what right. it really means. And there were people taking notes, people running for local offices and stuff. They were taking notes. What um, kind of questions did you get? Do you remember um, some of the About how, how they could become better engaged in the two-way community, how they could get the votes in the two-way community. I said, you know, we only have like three politicians in the entire state that are involved in any of the two-way pages, like the Gun for Hire page or the New Jersey Firearms Syndicate page. Go on there. Comment. Quote. Give your opinion. You know, why are you guys hiding from yeah, doing that, you right. know? And, and again, they... I think they're buying into the left's narrative, too, that everybody is against firearms. Everybody wants guns Guns bad, you know? So they... Uh, they Afterwards, I had politicians coming up to me and asking me what those pages were, giving me their business card. When I got home on Saturday, I emailed them the, the links and everything. It was a success. I also got interviewed by Matt Rooney uh, from uh, Save New Jersey, mm -hmm. the Save New Jersey blog, which he's a, he's a lawyer down in Cape May County and a, on a, a conservative activist. Uh, we did a whole thing. Speaking of uh, video, anybody listening... I would like to set up like one video camera in the studio uh, behind Sandy, not to see his ugly mug, so that you can <laughs> see me and my guest. And I would like to be able to tape that and upload it to YouTube, not live stream it, but just upload it to YouTube. And uh, I, I don't want to use a GoPro camera because they're not intuitive. If there's anybody out there that has any knowledge of anything like this, please uh, email anthony at gun for hire and maybe you can help me out maybe you'll get a membership out of it or something but it's got to be simple and dirty and i have to be able to do it because i can't rely on anybody in-house to do it because it's not a price yeah i tried it and i shot both gopro cameras in the 50 yard did. range yes. uh but i want to be able to take the video feed and i want to be able to up well it's frustrating I know. when you have people emailing you saying that you know you're three weeks behind on the radio show in uploading yeah, right. the show right. it's not a good optic right so that i was kind of silly off. you know uh yeah it's it's stupid so why even do it if we're right. not going to do it exactly. right so every sunday morning yeah. i upload the radio show in all our platforms uh, I would also like to be able to upload it to YouTube. So I need somebody to back me up on that, either hardware-wise, software-wise, whatever. I have no idea. It doesn't have to be high-tech with scanning cameras or anything. I was just thinking, Sandy, if we put a camera behind you facing me and any potential guest to catch three or four people here, yeah. I think that's more than enough. Absolutely. Even if we put a mic here that was tied to that uh, camera or oh, whatever Oh, yeah, we could is. bring the audio feed yeah, directly I, into I, it. I don't, I don't care. I just, I just need somebody's help. Uh, so anybody, please, anthony at gunforhire.com. I really, really would appreciate it. A uh, couple other things. Uh, the Lincoln Day dinner that I'm speaking at, March 26th, has not been canceled yet. All right. I don't know if it will be. It's at That's the Montclair Country though, Club. It? Yeah, it's like 500 people. Yeah. Uh, the NRA annual meeting was canceled. Uh, ten, it was in Nashville, Tennessee. 
Tennessee banned large groups and gatherings. Is that the first time in history that the NRA? Second time. Uh, Second after time. Park, uh, not Parkland, after uh, Columbine. Oh, really? It was it was supposed to be in Denver in, oh, during wow. Columbine, and it happened like a, Columbine happened a month before. Uh, and this was the 40, 149th next year, obviously, is the big 150. Uh, so it's funny because on some of the social media pages, we're saying that Wayne LaPierre planned this so he wouldn't have to face the members for the growing heat that's going on in the NRA. <laughs> like, we are our Come own on. worst enemies, Doc. Okay? It's true. Okay. Wait a minute. The NRA yeah. people said we, this? Gun people on gun pages. Are you so, kidding yeah, me? So, so we planted, not trolls. We planted the coronavirus so that we couldn't have an annual meeting. Well, let me tell you, I've met... Well, My I'm European trip was canceled. <clears throat> My Florida trip was canceled. My already one uh, one Broadway play and one concert's been canceled already. So everybody suck it up and get over it. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about before we bring the duck on is don't forget. Uh, as of right now, Sunday, March twenty second. We're going to have uh, Cherie here with her Touchstone Crystal by Swavorsky. 10% of all proceeds are going to be donated to my charity, Canines for Warriors. She's going to be here March 22nd from 10 o'clock till 4 o'clock, six hours. The jewelry is like, it's beautiful stuff, but it's like, it's like between $50 and the highest price stuff is like 100 bucks. And you can come and get something for the lady or whatever. And I think... Uh, everybody's going to like this stuff, but, you know, this is my charity. We've purchased numerous service dogs for veterans with yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder through Canines for Warriors, and I would appreciate if everybody came down with their wives, family, kids, friends, and family. Um, and then when we come back, the doc is going to be talking about mental health uh, and uh, many other issues and his life in socialism for two years. <laughs> socialism. All right, wake me when it's done. I need cameras, bitches. Reach out. Have your people. Go, my people. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. 
My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. And this segment is brought to you by me and NJ2Asanctuary.com. NJ2Asanctuary.com. Do not forget the guys in New York are kicking ass. 2ANYS.com. Number 2ANYS. Uh, you really want to get into Second Amendment, New York uh, State, and of course, New Jersey, the 2A Sanctuary. The Cheeseman case is back up the GoFundMe page because they have some other lawsuits brewing in. So just look for Restore Carry NJ, GoFundMe. Al Conti's case is still on the GoFundMe page. See, this is where we live in New Jersey. We have to GoFund everybody right. out of trouble. Right. Okay? Sad. It really, really sucks. I want to thank. Thank everybody who posted uh, five-star reviews for Gun for Hire, Woodland Park Range, and the rest of you all can just, F off. Just with, with that one subtle reminder yeah. you gave. Uh, the rest of you, what about it? Get your shit together, all right? I have Ants Rants, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Every day I'm posting shit. I'm trying to find content. I'm trying to keep people educated. I'm trying to keep you all amused. And you know what? You bitches can't go on Google, TripAdvisor, Yelp, or Facebook and post a five-star review for me. You do it right from your phone while you're in the drive-thru waiting for your five Big Macs, six french fries, and Diet Coke, you fat, lazy bastards. Get with the program. Get your one finger moving for a minute or two. Won't hurt. Give me a five-star review. Joe Peloso drives tractor trailers. He posted the reviews while he was speeding in an 80,000-pound vehicle in Oklahoma. If he can do it, you can give me a five-star review. So ended the rant. The rest of the show is the doctors. I'm going to sit here and clip my toenails. Just while we're at it, too, um, just a, a message from Lipstick Bodyguard since we just heard their commercials. Uh, whatever is in stock at uh, Gun for Hire range, if get in and get them. If you're even contemplating getting it because the supply chain has been interrupted. I don't know what it is, a cap or something that comes from China is not going to be here for quite a while. So yes, they're all backed up. All oh, backed by the up. way, post a five-star review, come in, and I will give you one sheet of one... No, I'll give you one sheet of <laughs> two-ply toilet paper for every five-star review. That is two-ply. Okay, two this is two... I got the that good stuff here. Good Doc, stuff, I got the man. good stuff. Oh, and if you post a review across four platforms and show it to me, there might even be a baby wipe in it for you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay? Wow. All right, Doc. 
Start talking. You have a prepared statement there or something. Holy <laughs> shit, it says four That's score in seven, seven years. years. Yeah, how the hell, well, my question is how the hell am I going to follow that that rant up? Jesus. You can't follow. <laughs> exactly. Nobody can follow yeah. my well, rant. You're here for a different reason. You have try. areas of expertise that we need. I am not a doctor. Well, the good thing is I'm, I am here to discuss uh, mental health issues, so that was definitely a perfect way that to start the segment. That was a perfect segue. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, very before, good. Before we uh, continue, not, uh, the first thing I do want to state is... Uh, the main reason I'm here is to really discuss mental health and especially suicide. So the first thing I want to start with is uh, for those of you that are suffering from any kind of suicidal ideations, thoughts, or you just need someone to talk to, please uh, contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at uh, 1-800-273-8255. Uh, that, again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And, Anthony, if you wouldn't mind, when you put this on the uh, website, would you mind putting that number in, like, the... Uh, I guess where the title is or in around the information of the rant at the time. Yes. So uh, suicide is a uh, topic that's relatively near and dear to me, not because I've actually, I haven't um, dealt with anybody who has had a suicide in my life that was like a, a friend or anything, but I have dealt with patients who were suicidal. And I I'd started thinking about it. And uh, being that I also have a background with uh, mental health, with uh, a bachelor's degree in psychology from William Patterson, I decided I might as well put my two cents in on this issue. Uh, you know, suicide, the uh, rate of suicide in this country is actually dropping, which is a good thing, but we're still losing about uh, about forty, a little over 40,000 people a year. What a shame. I believe in 2017, uh, we lost 47,000 people. Wow. Now, the pro what sickens me the most is that uh, you have, um, the media likes to talk about gun deaths and gun murders, and they like to take these people and throw their numbers into the gun deaths to say, look, we have all these gun deaths in this country, but what they're doing is they're taking um, these individuals who had significant mental traumas and mental issues and exploiting them for an agenda. And I want to put a stop to that because I'm sick and tired of seeing these poor people who needed help only to be used when they can't defend themselves because obviously they're no longer with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, We've lost, I think, what was the number here? So total deaths related to firearms, I believe, in 2017 was uh, about 40,000 or so. Uh, it was actually the highest since 1968. Uh, the number has always changed no matter what source I find. so I just wanted to go on the higher end here. But of that 40,000, 63% uh, were firearm-related suicides. Wow. 63%. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's more than half of that number it's ridiculous the amount of people and a majority of these uh, individuals are your veterans coming back from this most most recent war which we lose about 20 to 22 of these guys a day a day it's yeah. pathetic yeah. 20 yes. to 22 and these people are the ones who need the help the most because these are the people that were sent over mm -hmm. i don't want to say against their will but they were essentially used by the politicians to say oh we're Saving the world here, guys. We need a foreign war because of our investments with the companies. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The military-industrial complex. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, you're starting to see a, a, a rise. Like even though suicides um, or gun deaths is on its way down, the, the suicide rate is actually on its way up. I'm sorry, I, I confused that earlier. But you're starting to see an increase with not just vets, but also healthcare workers, police, uh, fire, EMS, uh, basically all your public services. You're starting to see. Uh, suicide. Uh, just recently, there was a murder-suicide, uh, I believe, in New York. It was a corrections officer yeah, so who uh, killed themselves. And it's like, what are we doing wrong that this is happening? 
24-hour news cycle doesn't help. Yeah. 24-hour news cycle doesn't help, but these individuals are not getting the treatments that they require because of a multitude of reasons. Stigma. The, the stigma is the big one, and mm-hmm. a lot of time, and a lot of that is per- perpetuated by the media. Because if when you look at when you watch a TV show, when you watch a movie, uh, you know they always portray the person with the mental illness as this super deranged, evil psychopath. You know, when they're not like you that just at all. Describe me. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. Okay. But <laughs> again, you're not. You know, we're we're basically stigmatizing these people. When you go consume that type of media. You're putting that thought in your head to say, okay, this is how all people mental health are. Mm. And then, of course, you have the crowd that's, you know, the man up crowd. You know, the get over it. Stop being a, 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 a you know pansy crowd. To a degree, there are some situations like, oh, I banged my knee. Yeah, get over it. it. You know, pain is temporary. But when you've got someone who is suffering from clinical depression and you're telling them to get over it. Suck it up is not going to help. No, you're, going, you're basically telling them that you're a burden. And that's how really yes wow that's interesting and that's one of the reasons why these people do not seek help they do not you know and they they actually follow through with their suicide um, and there are other factors that go into it as well but you know when it comes to clinical depression calling telling someone to man up or suck it up you're they're basically getting in their head okay uh, this person doesn't want to help me and I'm just becoming an annoyance so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut but then those feelings grow and they grow and they grow and they manifest into something that gets so horrible that their only option they don't want to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And the other problem is we use the wrong, you know, in this day and age, you know, everybody's offended by words, but to, in this degree, when it comes to describing what, you know, depression is, we often com- confuse the word depression or being depressed with sadness. You know, we've all been sad in our lives. We've lost you know, oh, I lost my favorite toy. We've all been depressed. I lost a family member. But when you suffer from clinical depression, that's not just a loss of something. That is a state of mind. That is a, that's your brain with a severe chemical imbalance saying that, you know, you know, giving these negative feelings. And unfortunately, this isn't something that you can just cure. It's not like, you know, oh, you got a case of syphilis, take some penicillin, and you're good to go. This is something that requires not just medication, but also social support. And the other problem is when it comes to the medications to treat these diseases, you know, we tend to throw the same classification of drugs, Sandy, I'm sure you're aware. They tend to throw like uh, drugs like called uh, SSRIs, Mm -hmm. uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. But you tend to see this drug used in a multitude of cases, not because... Oh, you know, it's a cheap solution. Just, just like Lexapro and stuff, right? Because I sort seen, of. I don't know yeah. the, the the actual name brands, but the, the reason why they, they throw <laughs> the reason why they throw you know it's like you're not you're not just throwing this drug at someone just to say oh yeah I take this it'll work. It's because it's the only solution that we have. Mm-hmm. We have other antidepressants, but the symptoms that they cause and sometimes they can make the symptoms worse. Sometimes they just don't work. Sometimes you're given the wrong drug. Sometimes. Uh, the drug either works too well and makes you a zombie or it doesn't work enough and it makes you feel like garbage. So there's a fine balance. But the most important, I think, aspect to getting someone who has clinical depression or has suicidal thoughts away from that mind of thinking is just be a friend. You know, like, talk to these people. 15 you know, you know how you always hear the commercials, you know, 15 minutes can save you 15% per, uh, or more on Geico? Well, yes. you know what? 15 minutes can save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Someone, so if someone well, needs how to talk. How should we talk to them, though? Because like, you were just saying, like, if you tell somebody get over it, it's the opposite. You know, so me, as 
considered a stable person. Sandy tells me he's depressed. He feels like himself. Oh, bro, get over it. It'll it'll get past or something. Now well, you're telling me that's it because that might be my first response to someone. It is, and okay? I mean that's a way of thinking that. Unfortunately, you know, it's not anybody's fault for thinking that way. You know, if you're brought up that way, you know, you're brought up as a kid. You know, that's kind of just a tough way of thinking, but. Again, especially if you're brought up Italian. Yeah, especially if you're brought up <laughs> Italian or, you know, is in a Latino household. That's just how it is. But sometimes, you know, just talking to someone in the middle of the day is like, hey, man, you know, you're doing all right. Everything good, you know. Or even if they do go through like a significant loss, you know, let's say you lost a family member, talk to them, you know, take them out for something, you know, you know, walk with them, you know, ha- you know, just be with them, do something with these people, because leaving them alone is the most dangerous thing you can ever do. You know, because they're thinking and manifesting. You don't right? know what goes on in someone's head. The inside of a human being's mind is one of the scariest places that you can ever imagine. Now we've all been depressed. Right. The girl we wanted didn't go out with us. We caught a girlfriend cheating. Like I you said, know, we had financial problems. We've all been in that temporary. Yes. Depression. We have all. We have all been sad. We have all been depressed. We have all been down. But none of us, or very few of us, have experienced clinical. Depression that doesn't go away. It yeah, does not go ha- away. I've, I've never had that. Like, that I've is been... something you wake up with every day, feeling like this is you know you're useless, you're worthless, you are a burden on society, you're a burden to your friends. No one loves you. Imagine waking up and that is the first thing that comes into your head. You know, these are why these people stay in bed twelve hours a day. This is why these people stop eating and they they lose uh, interest in their favorite uh, you know hobbies or pastimes. You know, it's a self-destructive disease. The problem is, unlike a disease that you can actually see, this is something that you can't really see because sometimes these people put on a great show. They put on a great uh, face to say, yeah, Yeah. I'm fine. I'm doing all right. And then they go home and they hang themselves or they take daddy's 45 and put it to their head. And and everybody around them yeah. is, is amazed. That, that let's let's happened. when we come back, John. I want to cover more of this, and I want you to oh, talk yeah, about absolutely. how we should talk and absolutely. and how can we help identify stuff like this. This is very important, absolutely. And Sandy, you don't want to have him on the show. Imagine if you look in the dictionary. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal 
with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio, where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. What? Oh, hi. <laughs> Uh, real quick, because I don't know how we're going to end this show with John. We have. What'd you so think I was pointing funny. at? Urban Precision Rifle, June 13th and 14th at Shooter's Gauntlet. Learn how to shoot shit out to 1,500 yards. That's a long It's a way weekend away. class, Saturday and Sunday. You would love that. Uh, Holster Draw, April 16th. Urban Pistol 1, 2, and 3 coming up in March and April. Urban Carbine 1, 2, and 3. But most importantly, always wanted to be a range safety officer, want to be an NRA instructor. We have BIT, Basic Instructor Training. April 3rd. That's the prerequisite to take all the other classes. Pistol Instructor April 4th. Rifle Instructor April 5th. Range Safety Officer April 10th. Shotgun Instructor Class April 11th. That covers the majority of the most popular classes. If you're interested in becoming an instructor or an RSO, get here fast. Okay. Back to you, Johnny Johnny. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about again? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So when it comes to treating uh, patients, or uh, not just patients, but like uh, trying to identify the symptoms of clinical depression, um, there are just a few subtle things that you could pick up on. You know, maybe you guys, you, let's say uh, you have a friend that likes going out to the movies and they just stop wanting to go out to the movies. You know, one time is like, okay, maybe they're not feeling well. But if it becomes a continuous thing, then it's like, okay, there's something wrong here. When this guy stops doing something that he loves, let's say you have someone that loves going to the range, and they stop going to the range, you know, good that's sign. a fact. Yeah, that's that's also well, there is a there is a uh, a stigma also with uh, gun owners uh, gun owners and uh, suicidal because we know. again, you got people that you know, uh, what was the uh, point I was trying to make here? They, you have people that you know that are gun owners. Obviously, they have access to the tools to. Uh, actually complete suicide a lot more efficiently uh, for the most part. Uh, when I was doing my board reviews, I can't tell you how many questions I would get about, you know, if you have a patient that's had suicidal thoughts and they're a gun owner, what do you do? The answer was always isolate them from the firearms. Mm. But 
unfortunately, that same thinking can also be used against law-abiding citizens and people who are healthy with these red flag laws as well. Kind of flips be- itself backwards. So before you get into aren't. red flag, yeah. John, this is what I deal with all the time. Yeah. Hi, my name is Lou. I've been shooting for 35 years. I come to your range all the time. My wife and I are going through a divorce. I want to seek medical help because I'm a little depressed, but I'm afraid I'm going to lose my guns. I get that. 50 times every year and then I tell them listen your health mental health yes. your kids your, are more important mm-hmm. than your firearms you can always go get yeah. help you can always buy uh, a new Glock or a new 1911 my advice to any of you who are suffering from any kind of clinical depression or going through an extremely rough time and that thought has crossed your mind get the guns out of the house but put them in someplace safe if you have a trusted friend who will allow you to keep your the, You have your to guns. be careful. Handguns, you can't do that with. Okay, okay so Jersey, handguns, you can't do that. You'd have to um, use gun sitters. Uh, long guns, you can do that. Okay, so right? long guns, fine. But handguns, there are, I'm sure, places where you can keep them stored. Or if you really are just worried, turn them in, into the police and just say, look, I just don't need these right now. I need to just work on myself. And like uh, I said, you can't do that either. You can't? Nope. Okay. Not in New Jersey. What you would have to do is you'd have to use gun sitters or you'd have to put bring them to a gun store and say you'd like to pay for storage if they'll let you do then, it or leave them there for cleaning, yep. uh, so to speak, or mm. whatever. But I, I agree with you fully. Yes. And I've, uh, I've directed, you know, I can't diagnose and you know, prescribe to anybody, but I've always erred on the side of get help because in the long run, when this dark cloud passes again, now I don't know if it's clinical depression. I don't know what it is at this point, but I'm, you know, I can't make a diagnosis, but I'm just trying to help with the tools and resources I have. And again, for person to person, it varies because like I was telling Sandy, they can put on a good, they can put on a good show Mm -hmm. and they can make it seem like they're fine. And then, like I said, they go home and and most you know, will they end their lives, and most will, most and that will. is the that is the saddest thing of all. Someone that you've known for twenty years, all of a sudden they're they're gone right. just because. And, you and, and, and the thing is, it's no one's fault not picking up on these things because sometimes some people, like I said, they hide it very well. They don't, you know, show the signs in. But the ones that make it obvious, where it's like maybe they're talking a little bit, you know, slower, a little they're a little more uh, withdrawn. Or, you know, like they said, they lost interest in something that they love doing. Yeah, that's you, that's a big the... red flag right there. You hear sure. that, everybody? You have a friend or family member loses interest in the thing that, that really turned them yeah. on, that they really enjoyed in life. That's a huge red flag. Yeah, so down, now sit down and talk with them. Talk now. People are afraid of this whole red flag thing because there's no due process. So, no. John, what so what would you say now, Doctor Kildare? So the problem with uh, the red flag laws, I understand why. He's too like, young for that. I, yeah, I know who Doctor Kildare is. <laughs> He's not that young. He went to medical school for 22 years. Yeah, <laughs> dog years. So, <laughs> so these red flag laws now, like any law, any of these gun laws, I understand why they're passed. I don't agree with the way they are implemented because it's always for the guise of safety and protection. But mm-hmm. that's the thing. You are, yeah. I think that's more predatory behavior when you're trying to say, oh, if we get rid of this, you'll, we'll make you safe. Now, in some cases, in some cases, if you've yeah, got someone will. who is yeah. violent, right. if you have someone who has a history of violence or yeah. history of domestic abuse or someone who it has like antisocial personality disorder, these are the people that end up becoming like social sociopaths, then yeah, the, then that's where I think you need to implement these laws. Sure, but again, a lot of these people can put on face very good. You know, they can they mm-hmm. can put on a really good show, and yeah. you know, you won't be able to catch all of them. Like every law, no law is perfect, but it'll give you enough safety. Now, here's where the red flag laws can be abused because I here's a story for you. I was told this about a year ago 
from a friend of mine. He knew a guy who went to a doctor's office, and the doctor said, are you depressed, or have you been feeling depressed? And he jokingly answered, aren't we all? Doctor took that as a sign of, you know, a red flag. Cops went to the guy's house, confiscated his firearms. Now, I don't know what state this was in. I don't know if it was New Jersey or whatever other state uses red flag laws, but that is what can happen. So anytime a doctor asks you, have you been feeling depressed recently, make sure you answer that question like a lawyer. Say, like, when you mean depressed, do you mean just general sadness, or are you talking about the actual clinical uh, condition that is known as depression? You need to specify. And then a good way to answer that question, if you are of sound mind and body, you should answer them and say, I'm fine, I'm content with my life, I'm very happy. And make sure that they document that. That way, if anything does happen, no, look at the report from such and such a date good when I came here. for everybody. So... But, again, these are tips that are not meant to be abused. If you are actually f- having suicidal thoughts, ideations, or you have acted in, in the past, please seek medical help. And like I said, I have the National Suicide Say Hotline it number. It's 1-800-273-8255. One more time, 1-800-273-8255. Now, uh, if you're not clinically depressed, most depressions, what I say, it's like temporary depression, right? Like environment. Can I say environmental? Depression? There is seasonal depression. That seasonal is, depression. That is an actual condition. I mean, okay. you feel, but it's again, it affects people differently. Because I can tell you right now, I don't suffer from seasonal depression. But when the weather gets like kind of rainy or hazy, I definitely drag my ass on some days. Sure. Like, I just feel but, like so this let me, is. Let me ask you this: you If know, you if you failed your final for yeah. medical school. You were depressed about that. What 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 is that called? Temporary depression. What 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 is? I would consider that to be like a, an extreme form of sadness that you could call depression, uh, being depressed, but you're not suffering from depression. But, okay, because people would say, "Oh my God, I failed my boards. I'm going to kill myself." You know what I mean? Oh, and I feel like sad, I'm going to kill the, myself. And the thing is, that could be considered a red flag, even though they're speaking in a possible hyperbole. You don't want to take that chance because with medical school, and especially my position, I'm, an, I, I'm what's called an international medical graduate because I graduated from a school outside of the United States. Um, we have to work even harder, and there's a, a higher stigma against us that we have to do our like pass our boards with very high scores. And God forbid you don't get a good score, you know, oh, you're never going to get the residency you want. Those of you that are looking to go into medical school or are physicians that are trying to get into residency, do not believe that for a second. You know, your, a score does not dictate who you are or what you can do. You know, just keep going for it, even if you have to go to a state that you don't want to be in. Just, you know, go you for it. You can always come back to the yes. state you want to come don't, back to. Yeah, don't let someone downplay you just because of a number, because that's another part of this clinical depression and, and there stigma. And are doctors needed in a lot of parts of the yes. country that are great parts of the country to live in and the communities that you serve was, are just like Guam before tips Guam, would yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, John, so way. besides the suicide hotline, uh, <clears throat> what other help or support groups are thinking or what what can They're, so so a friend of mine comes to me and tells me, Man, I'm not feeling good. I got this black cloud, my wife, my job, my this, my life. Nothing makes me happy. I don't want to go shooting anymore. I don't want to watch sports anymore. As a friend, what would you do if that was me? What would you be telling I would, me? I would sit you down and like actually want to assess the situation, what's going on. Now the thing is I'm speaking out of a bias here because I have training in how to talk to people. Okay, so you're not a doctor and you're just a friend that, Again, I, that you guys work together for a, a good, few years and a, you hang out. What would you say? I would 
sit you down and say, well, let's talk about it. What's going on? You know, what what's going on in your life? Now, the other thing is it's a two-way street here, you know, because not only do you, does the friend have to ask the question, but the, vic- but the person who's suffering has to also respond in an appropriate manner because sometimes they don't want to open up because it's like they don't want to start breaking down crying, you know, because we always have to keep that uh, social stigma of being a man. You have to be manly. You can't cry. Yeah, that stigma sucks. You know that what? stigma kills a lot of you people. You know what? I'd rather mm. have you ball for 15 minutes than to find you in a puddle of blood. Sure. So, you know what? I'd rather be I'd rather see the clear liquid coming out of your face rather than red liquid. Yeah. So, cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get your emotions out. Again, you know, the social stigma, ignore it because it's not doing us any any help. There are times where you have to stand up and be a man, but afterwards, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You know, you can only be, you know, macho, a macho guy, you know, for so long until it finally wears down on you. John, you've practiced in, in the U.S. And, and you've practiced abroad. Do you see any difference between the patients, well, from, from a mental health standpoint, from the patients that you see there or the the stigmas or the the social mores that well when i was in mexico not so much um i don't know exactly how mexico handles the situation i don't think uh, they handle mental health very well mainly because of a lack of funding but that can be is the bane of mental health in general the lack of funding is so bad when it comes to mental health because again, people see you know these diseases as something that can be cured, but you're not trying to cure; you're trying to treat. Because this is something you just can't cure. Right. right. A lot of these conditions <clears throat> you cannot cure. When I was in Arizona, I did my psych rotations out in Marana, Arizona. Marana, Arizona is uh, about 30 minutes north of Tucson. It's not a very rich community. High Indian population? Or? No, uh, just very uh, l- uh, lower middle class. Okay. Uh, you know, families from all colors, creeds, and you know social statuses but i was dealing with primarily a lot of like uh schizophrenics and okay. uh sexually abused children and wow, you dealt with some people that had depression uh you dealt with like you know yeah i'm on my meds i feel great and then some days you know oh i'm on my meds i feel like a zombie or some a lot of times it actually is a non-compliance with medication that yeah, causes yeah. these people to well, spiral with, down yeah, but at the same that, time yeah. the other f- fact that goes into it is the cost of medications now i don't know how much uh, the cost of particular medications are, but I remember for you know a couple of years ago, I'll show you guys right now. You know, I carry an EpiPen. At one point, you know, these were like six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. But in reality, a doctor determined you can actually make these for ten bucks. Right. Now, a lot of dentists just carry around a syringe with epinephrine. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now, the other thing is, you know, the problem with mental, you know, the issues of mental health is like, like I said. You can't just throw a pill at this and expect it to be better. You know that that's kind of like the stigma sure. in this country because we do we've been doing it with the kids since the eighties and nineties with uh, Ritalin and uh, mm. Adderall. Oh, he's a hyperactive here. Right. Give him a right. Ritalin. I can right. tell you right now, when I was a kid, I was on that stuff for about two years and I felt like a zombie. I couldn't eat. I yeah. lost a lot of weight. My, I, you know, my fa- my fingers and toes would get cold. I, I felt like a friggin' zombie. But at the same time. The same could be said about all these other medications right. because you don't know how severe or what's going on inside that person's brain. You know, with schizophrenics, for example, you know, you have these pathways in the brain that uh, funnel dopamine to different areas. And depending on what drug you're on, you could either 
decreased dopamine to the point where okay they're normal and you have people that have some level of normalcy or you can get to the point where blow they are to, blow it away yeah you just blow it yeah. away or you shoot it through the roof so right. it's a balancing act right doc give us that number again uh if somebody's not national suicide one. prevention hotline is 1-800-273-8255 Doc Pascarello Jr., I cannot thank you enough for coming on. As usual, may always making yourself available and to discuss these important issues. Thank you for having uh, me. Two medical questions. Well, three. Can coronavirus be transmitted through earwax, burps, or boogers? I believe it could be possibly yes, burp. yes, and yes. But yeah, we would not like to see that. No. Okay, just check. Just to, it just is. I believe it can be spread respiratorily, but uh, you know, burps maybe, boogers possibly, earwax. I don't know. <laughs> Especially some people's burps. Yeah, I really thank you for coming yeah. on for this important issue. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to start with the politicians. It's a new thing we're going to be doing. I gave you the classes already. Support those who support you. Uh, and everybody, you know, remain at the, that level of social uh, space. But get out there and support your local small businesses and stuff. Wash it's going to be a enough, tough couple of weeks. And wash your hands. And remember, if you come down here to shoot, you get one free square of toilet paper, one ply. <laughs> if you're a member, you get a free square of two ply. That's our special we're running right now. Go ahead, Sandy. I'm done. Well, the clock on the wall says it all. Dr. John, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. Hope to be on again soon. Yes. Yes. Well, looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the toilet paper grubbing group here at Gun for Hire Radio, <laughs> we do thank you so much for listening. You guys, each one, reach one, and seriously, if you know somebody who has changed their behavior, sit down, talk to them as a friend. Help him get help. Love you guys. See you next week. Anthony, we have to have a chat later. F you. <laughs>